Y'all, welcome back. This is the official first installment of the Musicpreneur Podcast. My name is Nico Santana, and you are being greeted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Cruz, Mr. Javi Cruz. Uh, welcome aboard. So uh, just just to you know, just to uh, cats out the bag, you know, address the elephant in the room, whatever the expression is. I'm horrible with these little expressions, but Exciting obviously stuff we happened. went. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> obviously, we are uh, no longer the. And I'm not going to say the full name, the previously named podcast. We are now the Musicpreneur Podcast. Mm. Um, for various reasons, but um, as you all are aware, and I'll just address this briefly so that way we don't necessarily drag this on any further than it needs to be, we received a, I received a cease and desist letter uh, made out to my media company, NTS Media LLC, from a distributor who uses the term DIY musician. And so moving forward, uh, while our, our intent and you know, my intent was never to infringe upon anyone's copyright or service mark or trademark, nor uh, was I even aware. I, I'll be honest, I just don't pay attention to, to mm. really much of anyone else. So, um, you know, now that this has come to my attention, <laughs> you know, now that now that this has come to my attention, obviously, we wanted to do the most appropriate thing to expedite us being able to continue forward with this podcast. And so while I, I don't admit any wrongdoing, um, this is what we're being called now. The Musicpreneur Podcast is in full effect by artists, for artists who truly care about the independent music space. Shouts out to all the supporters, of course, all the people that listen to this podcast and the sponsors that have come on board. So uh, Mr. Cruz, man, uh, crazy, crazy week for me, bro. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of just the, uh, not necessarily this situation, but just the importance of, you know, trademark, copyright, all that stuff and how that can kind of come uh, to be in an independent artist space. Now, mm -hmm. this podcast, you know, between, you know, between us and of course the people listening, bro, it, it had less than 200 subscribers on or uh, Instagram followers. It had less than 100 subscribers on YouTube. And a couple hundred listens. Now, granted, there was some marketing behind it. And, of course, I did amass a couple uh, over 10,000 views on YouTube for the entirety of the 11 episodes that have been published. But, Humble brag. Humble brag. You know, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, there's 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 money that is is obviously like I wanted to make this high production, high visibility for yeah. artists, by artists, so that people can get as much of this information for free as possible and hear other people who are like much like them, maybe a step or two ahead, mm -hmm. uh, so that they can learn. This is what I needed when I was 18, 19, Latino kid with little little to no resources. So, yeah, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, man. But first, let me let me give you the mic here and just kind of just share your thoughts. What do you, you know, what's going on with you? We, we could talk about this right now. Yeah. Or we could talk about life in general. What? Well... No, that that's it's like um, you know, it's like a good problem to have. Uh, it's just like you know, you're something about what you were doing or what you know the previous podcast was doing. Like it reached the ears of you know um, the people who issued the cease and desist. So I think I, I I try to look at it as like that's kind of a good problem that like you know you're 
um, your name is being talked about in rooms that you don't know of. Uh, and it seems to be like a pretty high up thing, even though it's like, you know, the ending result is even though it means like, hey, we got to change some stuff around. But uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a I think there's definitely a a good aspect to um, to this whole ordeal. This episode of the Musicpreneur podcast is brought to you by good friends over at DistroKid. Get 7% off all DistroKid plans using my VIP link, distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Nico Santana. The great part about DistroKid is you get to upload unlimited amounts of music. There are a plethora of features. And one of the features that I wanted to touch on today is the cover song license. Now, if you didn't already know, you can use DistroKid to release your cover songs. Let me show you how. When you go to the upload form, go ahead and fill out all the information relevant to your track and the song. Now, when you go to songwriter, make sure you select another artist wrote it. It's a cover song. This will prompt the form to show you exactly what a cover song is. It's not, it's not a remix. Uh, you're not sampling um, and again DistroKid will secure a license on your behalf via third-party vendor Harry Fox Agency. This type of license is a compulsory mechanical license and without getting into the specifics this allows you to be able to distribute your cover song. Now you do have to pay a fee of $12 a year for the cover song license but again it's not that much all things considered and if you start getting traction with your cover songs which is a great way to get attention uh, that certainly will definitely not be a problem so go ahead and use distrokid.com to upload your music even if it's cover songs make sure you select that feature or that option when uploading your cover songs and again much love to distrokid.com for sponsoring this episode let's get back into it yeah and and i you know i want to clear the air here here because as an artist, as somebody who's made, um, you know, digital products, whether it be music, videos, uh, even even kind of just my name, I've had situations where I changed my previous rap name, yeah. Diverse. Diverse. Be <laughs> yeah, because for a mul multitude of reasons, when I wanted to rebrand, but you know, I had people that were that that were being listed as as rather, I had songs that were being listed under under my artist name and catalog before I used uh, my current distributor you know, couldn't figure out how to get these people off, but, um, that were using my same name, you know, mm -hmm. and I had yeah. a little bit of a following and, you know, these people didn't have as much, um, at the time. And so, you know, I, I, I hear it. Like, I hear you, like I understand. And I, and I, and I get it when somebody starts using a similar name or the same exact name, obviously that's a, that's a no-go zone. Um, so I don't mind being approached as a man, as somebody who's first off an independent content creator, a one man band. And then of course, Mr. Cruz kind of joining me, pr providing that support here in this particular episode and mo hopefully moving forward. Um, you know, I don't mind if, if we were, if I was approached and said, Hey, you know, yada, yada, we've been using this particular, could you kindly respectfully, mm -hmm. you know, we, we request that you change things. You know, if, if they were able to find my address where I live and send me this, cease and desist letter why I couldn't you just send me out. an email you know what i mean like why can't you just send me an email like this is like this is like the six five dude approaching a five six dude six five <laughs> dude approaching a five six dude and you know telling him you know i'm gonna pulverize you like does your yeah. ego really feel that hurt where you have to showcase your strength over like some little mm. guy like is like are is your ego really that fragile where you have to do it in this fashion, you know, there, there are better ways to do it. And I feel like this is telling of how they treat, you know, the independent creator community. Um, and, and more so, I think just kind of like the fragility of, of, of egos here. So, um, and, and again, you know, 
uh, I, I don't I don't mind the the ask. It's just the fashion in which it was asked. If you were asked, if if your wife asked you, Mr. Cruz, um, if your wife asked you, hey, can you hang this picture on a wall? And and you you brought home a sledgehammer, you know what I mean? To like, mm. <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to to put the nail on the wall, like. They're gonna look at you crazy, man. Your family's gonna be like, "Yo, this dude's wilding." Like, yeah. <laughs> that's so unnecessary. You know what I mean? And I think that that's kind of what my current sentiment is. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. Moving past the man, uh, right. I appreciate you addressing it. And yeah, I, I definitely want this this thing to get the recognition of of the right people. Not so much the gatekeepers, but really the artists. And and that's what this is about. So, mm. um, kind of moving forward with this topic, man. Trademark, copyright, um, service mark. You know the. Uh, the intellectual property, uh, especially the legal side of that house, uh, is a multi-million, billion. I've I've even heard the the the, the trillion dollar uh, term being thrown there. Industry mm-hmm. for multiple reasons, and um, one artist in particular, Ed Sheeran, recently yeah. won a case for his 2017 hit song, "Shape of You." Um, we were talking about this a little bit offline, man, and I've been rambling here. So can you, can you can you uh, bring us up to speed with what's going on with that, man? I mean, I feel like, um, first of all, like, I, I think so many independent artists, like, fear, have this, like, fear of copyright stuff. Because, like, this is kind of like what our interpretation is um, publicly or, like, from, from the media is that, like, oh, copyright is a big issue. You know, even Ed Sheeran's being taken to court over it. Um, so, like, you know, you got to protect yourself. Whereas um, him winning this, first of all, you know, obviously like him, his his side of it being like the defendant and him actually coming out on top uh, seems to be pretty rare, I would say. Uh, but it's it, it, I mean, it's important to know the laws. Um, it's important to protect yourself and to protect, you know, the, the the brand and the trademarks that you're building up for yourself because it's an investment that you're making in yourself as an artist to hopefully be able to cash in or, you know, cash out from in the future. Um, but yeah, his, his, uh, his whole ordeal being, being sued over copyrights infringement. Um, and I seen his video and he, he posted this like little one minute clip of like him kind of explaining some stuff on, on his Twitter. And he made a really, really good point. He was like, you know, there's 60 some odd thousand, songs uploaded to spotify every single day um but there's only 12 notes that we can use like eventually (laughs) stuff is going to start sounding similar and like you know people might hit the same two notes at the same two times same two intervals um he's like you know eventually stuff like this is going to happen it doesn't necessarily mean like people are stealing it it's just like man like we're we're kind of running out of you know melodies and rhythms and stuff like music has been around for a long time now yeah, I, I, yeah, man, I, I totally agree. That's the thing. It's like whether it's music, which with typically within the structure of pop music, there's like a twelve chord progression. You know, this, you have the four four measures. You have a typical tempo of anywhere between eighty uh, beats per minute to up to one hundred and forty, depending on whether or not you do like um, I don't know if, if if the appropriate term would be half steps, half steps, and and uh, just kind of faster variation of that. Whether it's like one sixty or you know breaking mm-hmm. it down. Uh, in that fashion. I'm getting too technical here, but all I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, there's parameters that make a specific genre that genre. Right. So whether you use the name, you know, do it yourself, like every other podcast out there, or whether you're using the 
the you know the twelve chord progression. Like, is your intention really to copyright and trademark? And I think I, mm. I think obviously if people are are intentionally trying to infringe on someone's copyright, like don't do that. You know, right. don't don't steal a beat off the internet and rap about it like we used to do back in the day with mixtapes <laughs> and, and rap on top of it. We had no choice. We didn't know any better. <laughs> now we know. You know, and then and then start selling it like, yo, like that's. That's legit copyright infringement. Now, if you so happen to stumble upon a situation where you're creating a cover song, and let's talk about this a little bit. Cover songs, there are different types of licenses, right? There's a mechanical mm. license uh, where it will allow you to take the, not the production, right? Not not the final master, but the actual, um, I guess, the license that covers the, the, the songwriting aspect. And it will allow you to make your own interpretation of that, so a cover and distribute it so long as you know you give proper um, credit to this, the actual songwriter. Mm -hmm. So that's how cover art, like in cover artists, are able to make a living off their music because of that. Because they're doing, they're they're claiming the rights to the production, and in, in as far as like the, their recording and their production of it, but they're not claiming rights to the, to the actual songwriting. Which, which, funny enough. Um I know that like when YouTube has like YouTube music, um, I mean, I, it's, it's been around for a minute now, but I remember that a big part of rolling out YouTube music was to be able to have a platform for a lot of these YouTubers who were like just going on there, like playing a guitar and singing a cover song. Um, but then they end up getting like, you know, the uh, copyright strike and like now, hey, your channel's now banned or whatever kind of consequences that YouTube music was kind of created out of that environment to be able to allow these YouTubers to make money from doing cover songs where it's like, it's kind of a mutually beneficial aspect where um, the, the performer or the cover artist is allowed to uh, profit off of something that, you know, the original artist was, but then the original artist is also still being able to like profit. Now, I don't know how that money ends up turning out. Like it's, it might be like a one ninety nine split. Um, but still, I think that's that nowadays it's great that we have something like that because like, obviously like when we came up in the pre-internet days, there was nothing like this. It was just like, you had YouTube, that was it. And if like yep. you got a copyright strike, nobody's ever going to see it. Yeah, that's a challenge. But you know, I think, I think the mentality has shifted much like technology. And of course this mm -hmm. is kind of a generalization, broad stroke generalization, but you know, I've heard it time and time again, particularly from like the tech industry, like we look at the world from a place of abundance, like the, the scarcity mindset where I have to send you this cease and desist. I have to like go after even the smallest a penny in order to mm. uh, make a living versus nah, there's enough eating out here for everyone. Let's approach it from that angle. Let's all make money together. I think that's a better way, especially with the creator economy, with the music creator economy. Um, and that's what YouTube has shifted. Now, before, like you mentioned, there was the, a bunch of people, you know, getting copyright strikes or whatever. But eventually the music industry was like, everybody can actually eat off yeah. of this. So when a cover artist puts out a song, they're giving you publicity as the songwriter. They're giving that song publicity. And moreover, now any stream or, or um, play on YouTube, view on YouTube, um, can potentially with AdSense and stuff like that, can generate income where that individual can claim part and like you mentioned what depending on what the split is part of that revenue and then the songwriting the publisher the publisher or the publishing house 
now collects revenue as well. And I've actually seen that myself, you know, through our own publishing with um, with one song that's like really been taken off, um, Limits to Sky. And, you know, people have like been posting TikToks and things like that. And so they're using the song. They're not necessarily uh, claiming it as their own. But because mm-hmm. of that, we get yeah. songwriter uh, credits and then, of course, um, royalties from that. So, yeah, I think I think there's a lot a lot of of eating out here. And if you're you know, if you're a company that's just going after the small guys, number one, like shame on you. But <laughs> number two, the, the way that Ed Sheeran addressed this is is telling that like, yo, yeah. 60,000, I think he said like yeah. 60,000 songs uploaded a day. That's <laughs> it's a just lot. impossible. That's a lot. Yeah, it's just impossible to like not sound similar to anyone else now. Especially if you're like sticking to a genre. Like, um, I don't know if you've like, as, as a producer, I have like these plugins that like will show you chords or like what notes you can play in a sing in like a certain chord now me i'm pretty basic so i'll stick to major and minor and that's right. it same but then there's harmonic minor there's melodic right. minor harmonic major and all this other stuff but the list that pops up like on these plugins that say like hey here are all the chords that you can play that are in the c scale like that list is super duper long but there's a whole bunch of them that you know pop musicians aren't really going to use they're probably not going to use like a diminished seventh chord um in a love song or whatever Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's just we we stick to like what is popular or what's what's going to get like the most mainstream media attention or what's going to catch somebody's ear and it's typically not those like ugly sounding chords where you're playing like all you're using all 10 fingers at one time yeah, and even then, like the bass is still like the 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 major, or the minor chord. So even if it's diminished seventh, like it's just it's like one note variation where like the the crux of that chord still falls mm-hmm. within whether it's like a D minor diminished seventh. It's still like a D minor chord. It's just a variation of that. So to the right. average listener, it's gonna sound like a D minor chord. So you could be playing like like you said all all minor chords like A minor, D minor, and then maybe like a C. There's so many songs that are like literally like that. And then if you add like the diminished seventh, like are people really going to notice? No, <laughs> the songwriter will, the, the sound engineer will. So to your point, man, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. And, and of course there's dissonance. And then we have like the Eastern scale too, right? Like there's, yeah, uh, they have it, notes I, that I we don't a, have that we don't use. We don't have that. Right. And so to some people that would sound like, yo, this is out of tune, but it's like, no, this is actually within the Eastern scale. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, music, music theory, dude, like it's, it's, it's fascinating, but obviously, you know, if you want to make something commercial, you have to make something palatable, mm-hmm. recognizable. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, it just is what it is. The average consumer doesn't really know enough about music theory to know and understand like, oh, this is beautiful music. When to them, it's like, something something sounds off yeah yeah. i think um i think on that note like with the whole idea of like copywriting and copying or like taking somebody else's song like um especially like in hip-hop that like it seems that people are afraid of like what sampling is or like they don't Mm -hmm. quite understand like oh well you sampled uh Gloria Stefan song like I can't right. use it man because if I put that song out she's just gonna take all the money like well right first of all like let's be realistic about how much money you're gonna make from streaming this <laughs> like I, I don't think you're gonna end up losing your house or not being able to make like a mortgage payment um I mean for some for some people right um but it's it's not necessarily that's not necessarily the case I, like you look at a song like Old Town Road Old Town Road is a sample um Lil Nas X uh 
Keo, like the producer, and it was like a Nine Inch Nails song. Like shout everybody, out to Beat Stars, huh? Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Beat Stars. Shameless plug. Um, like everybody who was a part of that, making the new song, making Old Town Road, and the people who provided the original sample, like they all walked away very happy and very wealthy, uh, right. even though the song was a sample. Um, but then on the counter side of that, you have people like um, Juice World and Nick Mira who sampled um, the the song from Sting in man, I forget, uh, Lucid Dreams, Ju- Juice mm-hmm. Lucid Dreams. Like, and in that case, like, well, Sting kind of janked them for, for a lot of stuff, but that's because, you know, they didn't kind of take the proper routes, and after the song became popular, well, now Sting has all the leverage because you guys just made a fortune off of using something of mine that you didn't, like, get my permission from first. Um, and that sample has been used so many times. Nas, so Nas used that, sa- that same that's sample, That's the first bro. time I ever heard it, yeah. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like, Going back to the Ed Sheeran thing, I remember um, I, ha- I used to have a Native Instruments machine, and uh, my my I grew up listening to Sting. My dad is a huge fan, and I remember just uh, making a track off of that specific song, and I didn't realize like it. I didn't connect the dots that the reason why this felt so good and so familiar was because it was already used previously. So <laughs> I, I basically recreated the Nas beat without knowing, <laughs> and then sampling it, and I put it out. I I, I think I privated that song. Now I didn't want to get in trouble, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but yeah, that's what's crazy, dude. Yeah. Well, it, even now, um, I know people who are like into sync licensing. Like there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of libraries who will say now like, hey, if you submit anything, like you can't use anything that you found on Splice. You can't use right. anything from like Arcade or like a native inst- or contact loop or something like that. Like it all has to be 100% original. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like... It is easier than ever to become a producer, but, you know, for, for that particular uh, purpose, know your stuff enough to, 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 to know how to make music from scratch. And that's obviously going to take you further. But again, CYA, right? Like, it's, it's, try, to, yeah. try, to do, try to do everything that you can, especially if you're taking this approach as a business. Now, mind you, like, when I came out with this podcast, my intent was not necessarily to make this a business, at least not necessarily right now. So I didn't take the appropriate measure or approach to, to look through and say like, all right, you know, who else has a trademark? You know, there's so many mm-hmm. DIY podcasts. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, ah, whatever. It's just another DIY podcast. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't paying attention to anyone in particular. But, you know, now with my experience, like I, I'm going to do my due diligence. You know, I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going to I'm going to take the appropriate measure. There's something called media insurance, by the way, if you're not familiar with it, if you have anything uh, online and and maybe you say something that's a little you know it could be a little offensive. Controversial. Media insurance is there for that. You know what I mean. So uh, you know YouTubers have media liability insurance now. You know so there's that. And uh, you're gonna say something. My bad. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I was gonna say like elaborate on that because I've I've never heard of of media insurance, but that sounds like a yeah, man. It's it's all very interesting because as YouTube started generating these YouTubers with high profiles and, of course, uh, people talking about specific issues, whether it was current events or even specific people, reaction videos, things of that nature, mm-hmm. people started getting slapped with lawsuits and infringement, mm-hmm. copyright uh, issues and whatnot and so forth. So um, two particular YouTubers that I followed in the finance space, Graham Stephan and um, I'm forgetting this other guy's name, but uh, he's 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 up there too you know he uh he did a video an expose on this uh financial guru named uh grant cardone who has some in the eye of the 
of, of the general finance, uh, personal finance public has some questionable marketing tactics. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole notion behind these videos were basically like, yo, this guy's, you know, kind of a snake oil. Uh, or yeah. Like, like he comes across that. And so through, through this process, um, I guess Grant Cardone slapped, uh, slapped him with a lawsuit, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, his ego was high enough and his, his bank, you know, his, his, his pockets were deep enough where he went mm-hmm. to trial and he, he defended himself and all that stuff, but he spent a, a couple, a couple grand. So long story short, man, he, um, learned his lesson and he ended up getting a, a media liability insurance policy, which can cover you up to, depending on the policy that you get 500,000, a million dollars in case or event you are the target of a, a lawsuit uh, being accused of slander, libel, things of that nature, defamation, right? Um, And nowadays, man, you don't know. People could take things the wrong way. Like, I was listening to um, a video the other day where this guy was saying, like, you know, I've lived in Argentina, I've lived in Italy and France and and the U.S. and uh, some other countries in between. And he's like, in in Argentina, I think he said in Argentina and I believe in France, I could be wrong, He's like, people want you to speak to them. He, he, specifically in Argentina, he's like, people want you to speak direct to them, right? He's like, t- t- to the point where they're actually like actively offensive. Like they'll, mm-hmm. they'll call you by the, the characteristic or the trait that you would probably most be, be, be most insecure <laughs> of, right? And so like, for example, he's like, and I'll say this in Spanish, but then I'll translate it in English. He's like, friends will call each other and say like, Oye, gordo, ven aquí. Like, yeah. Which means like, hey, fatty, come here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, if you do that in the U.S., bro, you can't. You, first of all, you can't. <laughs> hey, fatty, come here. You know, like that's and the, the interesting part is in Argentina, and I know this from my culture as well in Colombia. They do so in a loving fashion, so it's like they're mm. lovingly trying to mock you, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, it's I see more it as endear- like they're, endearing. Exactly. It is like yeah, it's like endearing, malicious. but it's like humbling at the same time. So you can't you can't walk around with an ego there, you know. Yeah. Here in the U.S., you know what I mean. Like everybody has an ego, and everybody walks around like, oh, you can't say this. You you know, it's yeah. very PC. So, without getting too much into it, man, media insurance if you can afford it, which my policy is like thirty five bucks a month, hmm. not bad, especially if you're making a little bit of cash from selling your beats or you're doing your, your YouTube thing. And like you're saying, you know, you're speaking your mind. You just never know. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know if you know, um, uh, the comedian Andrew Schultz, mm. um, yep. but he went yep. off on, on the whole, like Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. And like, he, like he went off. I was like, man, if it, he might be, he might need some media insurance after the stuff that he said. But then again, it's like, it's, comedy i'm sure he does man and 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 if you're if you're that high profile if you're generating a good amount of income i would say as a as a me as a as a media business because you as an artist you're a media business as a producer Mm -hmm. you're a media business you're a media-based business get yourself an accountant get yourself in touch with a lawyer and know enough about the basics of those two where you can kind of navigate those on your own but also have those contacts, you know? Mm. Like I personally have had those contacts before. Um, I obviously have my own CPA. Like I have uh, friends who, you know, you included men who know of uh, media lawyers and entertainment lawyers. So, you know, I feel comfortable, but at the same time, I think it's important to kind of know the arena that you're stepping into. Not just like, hey, I'm gonna make music, it's for fun. Like, cool, start there. But then if you're gonna go into the business side of the, of the of, um, of music, like, there's some snakes, man. You just never know. <laughs> Which I mean, um, 
going back to like the the Ed Sheeran thing, like I don't, uh, I mean, I'm not sure, like what the the payout was or the settlement or whatever or anything. Um, I didn't see like the end result. We just know that like, hey, he he won the suit. Um, right. A lot of times, like I think from from the public eye, we look at like, oh, you settled a lawsuit. That means like you lost. That means like you know you. Um, you you didn't want like something they said to like come out, so you're like paying them off. It's like paying them hush money. Uh, but realistically, like when somebody settles a lawsuit, it's like, hey, I'm gonna lose more money in fighting this than it would to just pay them what they're asking for. So I'm gonna give them what they want. Because I think if if I was Ed Sheeran, and if I'm getting paid, you know, a hundred k a night to perform. And somebody's like trying to sue me and they're willing to settle out for 50K. Like, I'm going to pay them the 50K because that's going to take that's me performing for half of what I was performing versus me, you know, spending days in court or having to fight this battle. That's going to cost me in the end more than it would just to, like, pay them out and kind of keep going on with my life. Uh, Bro, and and attorneys know that like it's a it's 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 a chess game. You know, I um, I mentioned in. In one of my recent videos, like I've I've worked claims litigation for uh, I worked claims litigation for uh, a little over insurance, six years. I and, remember, yeah, Even insurance job. claims and 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 in Florida where like the litigation rate is super high, where uh, fraudulent insurance claims are super high, where you get attorneys who do some of the slimiest things, man. And so when I paralleled it to my situation, I'm like, yo, they're acting like these guys. Number one, but number two, um. To your point, man, settling or just saying, you know what, I'm just going to change the podcast name or, you know, it's basically it's not an admission of guilt. It's not saying I I was in the wrong. It's just this is not worth my time. Therefore, I'm going to do the easiest thing possible. Mm -hmm. It just sucks that that's the situation that Dua Lipa was in. Sucks that that's the situation that Itchian is in, like, because... If you're trying to, to make something as intangible as music or sometimes even as software, it gets a little tricky, man, and you can no longer feel as innovative or as carefree where those two spaces are, are very correlated with being having that emotion. Mm-hmm. And you have to like walk like, man, like super just fearful. And that sucks, man, especially like if you're starting out. I mean, I don't know. To me, that's, that's just such a bummer. And, and that, that sucks the soul out of music. Yeah, you know, which I'm I'm glad that um, I mean this happened several times in history where like musicians were taken to court and then like their musical content was try it, it was attempted that their musical content be used as evidence against them. Like um, right. I know like Tupac and Eminem come to mind. Um, Snoop Dogg, who was like on trial for murder, yeah. happened to also have a song called "Murder Was the Case," <laughs> and um, but. Like I, I'm glad that that is not the aspect, and I think if it was a, uh, I think it was Eminem who was making that correlation, who was like, you know, if Arnold Schwarzenegger got like charged for assault, they're not going to use the Terminator movies as like evidence against him. Like it's it's a form of art, and art should be free from those kinds of, I guess, like that kind of scrutiny in like a court of law. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Well, I think we've uh, we've we've battered and beat the horse here with this particular topic yeah. at least for the time being i think we we definitely know enough to be dangerous here at least with this podcast so if you're listening man i, I appreciate you guys sticking to the end um mr cruz any other yeah. thoughts last words any other thing that you wanted to touch on before 
Yeah, before the end of this podcast? Um, nah, man, just like, you know, just don't be afraid to make music, man. Don't be afraid to sample. User. Don't be afraid to to try something new or to upload. Like, the worst that's going to happen is somebody's going to say, ah, you can't do that or you can't do that. And uh, in the end, it still doesn't take away from, like, the experience that you you earn or that you gain from, you know, trying something different. You said it better than I could, bro. So, so thank you, Mr. Cruz, for joining us. Um, the the Musicpreneur podcast is in full effect, guys. Thanks for ev- you know. Thank you to everyone who sent me a message, who sent me a text, who sent email, all that good stuff, encouraging uh, not just myself but this community uh, to push through, to pivot, to make uh, the appropriate move in order to have uh, you know this. Mm-hmm this to continue to grow and I, I, yeah. we've just received I've just received so many good comments even even before this about how helpful these episodes have been to the actual independent artist community so I'm, I'm grateful for that man I'm learning a lot along the way and these conversations are um, invaluable to me so much love guys and um, yep until next time I hope you enjoyed the official first installment of the musicpreneur podcast again brought to you by distrokid.com if you did make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel the musicpreneur and partner with us on patreon patreon.com forward slash Nico Santana